0: Section 3 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 9, April 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mesa Verde by F. H. Newell, Chief Hydrographer u s geological survey the mesa verde situated in the extreme southwestern corner of colorado has been made known through the beautifully illustrated book of nordenskjold entitled the cliff dwellers of the mesa Verde*. besides ethnologic interest it has many attractions for the geographer or geologist it is a remnant of an ancient plain which formerly stretched southerly and westerly from the country where now are situated the high la plata mountains during the course of geologic time the same force presumably which uplifted the la platas tilted this plain and erosion being facilitated it was deeply trenched until now the mesa verde stands as a great Tableland, slightly tilted toward the south, presenting to view from all sides sharp, precipitous edges. On the north is the bold promontory known as Point Lookout, facing toward the La Plata Mountains. On the west is the broad Montezuma Valley, drained by tributaries of McElmo Creek. On the east is the Valley of Mancos River and on the south the narrow canyon through which mancos river discharges on its way from the la plata mountains to san juan river standing on the southern edge of the mesa verde and looking across the deep canyons of the tributaries of the mancos it is seen that the same plain extended originally far to the south into new mexico but what appears to be a level surface is found upon traversing the country to be a land deeply dissected and almost impassable except along the flat-topped ridges or valley bottoms the mesa verde derives its name from the fact that its top is densely covered with a growth of cedar and pinon trees contrasting with the arid and almost desolate lowlands in viewing the mesa from a distance and in going around it the impression is derived that its surface must be a plain but upon laboriously climbing to the top of it it is found that it is in reality more like a hollow shell the whole interior has been dug out not in one great valley but in almost innumerable small narrow canyons which converge toward the south and enter the mancos plan of the surface of the mesa would give the appearance of a number of fingers stretching up from the south and spreading out toward the northern end in other words the fingers of time have as though drawn from north to south dug out the long narrow valleys leaving only thin parallel ridges rising almost to the original height traveling along the top of these ridges is easy as the surface is smooth numerous cattle trails wind in and out among the trees and on horseback the ground can be covered as rapidly as the rider can dodge the stiff pointed dead lower branches of the trees but in attempting to go from side to side it is found to be almost impossible to make progress reaching the edge of a precipice the explorer wanders up or down until by chance he finds a place where the rock has been broken down and on reaching the bottom of the valley he must again search perhaps for miles for an opportunity to climb out about the only sure and practicable way of visiting various parts of the mesa is to ascend near its upper edge at. Look lookout and then keep on this narrow rim in this way passing around the head of the different finger-like gorges there is here a trail traveled by pack animals at places the ridge is so narrow that the rider looks down almost vertically on one side into the montezuma valley and on the other into the head of the small canyons that lead to mancos river a misstep would throw a pack animal far down either slope the peculiar form of the mesa is due largely to the existence of a heavy bed of sandstone which forms the top capping and protects the softer underlying rock this weathers and cracks in almost vertical cliffs all around the outer edges in the interior of the mesa however at the head of the numerous small canyons erosion has proceeded in a peculiar manner and one which was found by the aborigines to be highly favorable to their purposes along the edges near the top of the canyon certain portions of the sandstone have weathered leaving great shelves protected above by the overhanging masses these shelves can be reached often with great difficulty as the cliffs below them may be one hundred feet or more vertically and access from the top is almost impossible the roof of these openings gradually slopes down to the floor so that these great horizontal crevices or caves as they are sometimes called may extend back fifty or one hundred feet and in length may stretch for several hundred feet around and on the mesa are found numerous fragments of pottery or of chipped stone and here and there mounds of refuse showing the location of ruined houses or towns the innumerable objects testify to the former presence of a large population ruins of stone towers on prominent points show that the arts of defense were an important feature of their life it is however under the shelter of the great overhanging rocks that we find the ruins almost in perfection here in the dry climate protected from the occasional fierce storms the dust of centuries has accumulated and even organic matter has hardly undergone any change the great stone houses and towers rise story upon story and behind in the piles of refuse thrown in the part of the cave where the roof approaches the floor are the worn-out sandals the broken pottery and all the rubbish of a town here evidently were kept great flocks of turkeys and in the rubbish sometimes graves were made the bodies now being dried to the condition of tough leather being perfectly preserved mummies the clothing on these such as the feather robes has retained its texture and even in places its color no fragments of metal have been found but all the implements are of bone wood or stone the buildings are constructed of carefully squared rock each of which must have been brought some considerable distance up steep ladders or along the narrow trails which lead to the towns water was had in some cases by small springs or seeps within the rock in others it was brought in earthen jars carried presumably on the heads of the women from the springs far down in the valley the foot and handholds cut in the rock still show the path by which the dwellings were reached but in places these terminate on overhanging cliffs where it is obvious that ladders must have been employed these ruins have been an object of superstitious dread by the Utes and other indians living in the neighborhood and have not been disturbed by them through centuries but with the advent of the white men destruction has come and many of the finest have been wantonly pulled to pieces or injured in the search for relics in particular an estufa or council chamber situated below the surface of the ground and the only one remaining in perfect condition was partially pulled to pieces in order to take some of the logs of the roof to exhibit at the world's fair in chicago various individuals have made a business of collecting the pottery from these ruins rifling the graves and selling the material thus obtained to tourists or to collectors of curiosities several museums have sent exploring parties into the vicinity and have obtained material for exhibition although these ruins are presumably the property of the national government little if anything has been done to preserve them and the national museum possesses comparatively few objects from this locality it is a matter of regret that these interesting ruins are not being preserved as even from a commercial aspect they would have an ever-increasing value to that part of the state in attracting tourists from all over the world in spite of the difficulties of access it is estimated that at present seventy-five parties a year visit the more important of these cliff houses the trip is made from mancles a town on the rio grande southern railway a day being spent in reaching the ruins on horseback another day or more in visiting the ruins and the greater part of one day in returning to the railroad it might be practicable to construct a wagon road but no steps of this kind should be taken to facilitate travel until ample protection is provided to prevent the defacing and injury of the buildings by careless visitors End of section three